way I was taught was on the wet flies, on the black water, uh, which are big 11 foot, six, seven weight rod, and your four flies on, you know, black and black pinnels and black and silvers and green wheel spiders and, you know, spider patterns, any of those, you know, and, you know, we, we caught fish and plenty of them. There was great wet fly fishermen in the black water. Some of the best wet fly fishermen in the world came off the black water. Just, and I was lucky enough to kind of grow up with some of those older guys, you know, the Willis's and Malino and, and, and John Hart, the Nelligans and from I, you know, they were, they were, they were great wet fly fishermen. Hello and welcome to the Earl on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. For this week's episode, we're joined by Dave O'Donovan, a Cork-based international angler who loves nothing better than fishing his local Albeg River. So with most of the rivers in Cork and Kerry open for trout from February 15th, we spoke to Dave about fishing in the early season and why wet fly tactics are a particular favourite. But first, Tom, Carb is also opening on the 15th, so what's it like? Look, it's, it's great. It doesn't be long coming around, but here it is again now. Actually, don't know if I'm going to get out myself now on Thursday, um, today, if you're listening straight away. But um, yeah, just getting over a bad dose, so I'll see how it goes. Hopefully I will. Hopefully I will. It'll be nice to get out. But there'll, there'll, there'll be a few going out here, but it's, uh, look, it's the anticipation. It's a bit like when we're chatting to Dave there. That, that's what it's all about. It's the anticipation. It's the opening day. You can go fishing again. It's the hardy brave souls like you kind of venture out, is it? Yeah, it is. I mean, to be honest, the here with us, like you'll get lads go out um opening day and they won't go out again for three or four weeks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of getting out. Now, sometimes you can have great fishing, and we did we've discussed this before. Uh, remember before when we did um a couple of things about early fishing, early season fishing on carp, you can get really good fishing, but you can get flummoxed as well, you know. So it's really weather dependent, it's shorter days when it goes cold, it stays cold, it doesn't warm up. It is what it is. And I think the main thing about it there is just that you're you're able to go out fishing. Um, so, yeah, hey, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's funny, even speaking to Conor Arnold um, last week, um, you know, we spoke to Neil on the Koran, you know, Shane Gallagher on the Drez, and it's great catching up with all these people, just getting that kind of sense of, look, it's opening around the country and it's opening up. And we might do it on the shore, actually opening up and um, Patrick's yeah, as well. I think we really should. We're just... To, discussing that before and was surprised the shores the 17th and uh you know the old bag and you know the cork rivers that were chat to dave about at the 15th but you know we've been through that before the discrepancies on opening and closing dates throughout the country and um there was obviously reasons for these being brought in but you know they are what they are did we get know? to the bottom of that why um the shore is paddy's day no answers on a postcard actually, please yeah. that's yeah uh, actually would like that yeah if we do the episode on the show we'll ask uh, but if anybody yeah. else knows do let us know um yeah. this really interesting episode this one i think as well uh, speaking to dave because he goes a lot into wet flight tactics which is kind of not necessarily a forgotten art but nymphing's kind of taken over to a certain extent but he really extols why wet fly is so good and should really you know be in vogue and use at the start of the season it's really interesting to hear Dave talking about it. I mean, like Dave is good at all aspects and, you know, be it, uh, as he says, you know, dry dropper, dries, which he loves and nymphing. But, you know, he's he hasn't forgotten what wets are like either. And it's really interesting to hear him and, and, and get an insight into the tactics of it because um, it's almost, as you say, it's, it's almost become like it's almost a forgotten method. And, um, you know, um, to hear him talk about it just realizes yeah it's, it's it's far from it it's far from it do you do i mean like after listening to him it was great and funny you were saying this as well you only realized how close the function was to you <laughs> you know it's not that distance at all not, not not that far at all from you um but after listening to him you really like it really got a bit of a spurt on god i'd love to you know i'd love to give on the, the rivers a go and just as he says to, you know, searching them out, and it's very interesting to hear him say, it. and it's very true. It's, it's the way you work the flies. You know, he's working the flies, and like to be honest, with you, it happens too in wet fly fishing from a boat. People sometimes poo poo it that it's just chucking and pulling. That's it's not always the same. Now, and I think probably more so in a river, there's more working of it. But you know, don't discount it that you can do it in wets in a boat. As yeah, well. true, and especially early season for the rivers. Um, and I think you know, and I've been guilty of it as well. As you get a bit obsessed with the nymphing, you have your setup, and you know, um, 
Whereas, you know, maybe just, it's also, a, it's a more relaxed style of fishing as well. And I think it's nice, maybe even just that you're easing yourself into the, into the season. It's a good time year to do it. Yeah. I'm going to definitely focus on it a bit more now, I think in the, the opening weeks and months. Like it was great. Like, and for anybody who's interested in doing it, and you know, and anglers out there who probably might have done much of it, you know, Dave gives a good insight, a good, um, a good how to, should we say, on how you get about and, and what to use, make up your, uh, your leader, your cast, what line to use. It's really good. You know, you shouldn't be in any doubt uh, that you're doing things right if you go out and give it a go. So if you're in Cork or Kerry, now's the time. Or if you're in Tipperary, you can cross the border. Uh, but look, let's hear, get back to this week's episode um, and let's hear from Dave O'Donovan who outlined what we can expect on the Munster Rivers that are opening on 15th of February. We open on the 15th of February um, on the Munster Blackwater and its tributaries. Um, the shore, which is only about maybe 45 minute drive from me, they open on, the, on St. Patrick's Day. So they're a little bit later. So a lot of the Tipperary lads come down to the, or my neck of the woods there for the first month of the season. Um, so, you know, just maybe seven or eight of those guys that would come down. So we kind of have to pick and choose where we're going to go to try and all get a good spot. But I normally tend to go to the Function River. Um it's about four miles from my house, and it is prolific. It is, you know, I fished, I fished all over the world, and I would have to say the Function River would be up there with any river for wild fish anywhere in the world. I mean, you, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be expecting any day, like you know, to you know, you're going to get, you could, if you want to stay out all day, you'll catch fish all day. You'll catch forty, fifty, sixty fish if you stay out for the whole day. It's it's that good. Now again, you know, they'd be eight inches. You know, I know you West of Ireland guys, you know, like your big fourteen <laughs> to the V. Um, but you know those those twenty centimeter trout are competition size fish. They're the ones we're after. We don't really mind as long as they're over that <laughs> side, that twenty magical twenty centimeters, we're happy. Maybe just give us an overview of the function. People don't know where is it, where is the flow from, to what size is it, what's the towns it goes through, the villages. Yeah, it 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 it's um, you'd pass it you'd pass it going to Killarney from the on the dub from the Dublin side. Um, it's it's between Mitchellstown and Mallow. Well, it would be closer to Mitchellstown, um, about seven miles outside Mitchellstown. But it flows down from the Galtys, down through Mitchellstown. Down to Glanworth, onto um, Kilworth, and it enters the function then um, downstream of Fermoy. Um, it's downstream. It's downstream of Fermoy, essentially. Yeah, downstream of Fermoy. Not just just above Carisville. If you're familiar with Carisville, yeah. famous Carisville water, the Blackwater. Yeah, it enters the the, the Blackwater. Maybe only about a mile up river of Carisville. And how wide is it? Like how big of a river is it? Oh, it's small. Um, it's it's not very long either. It's very windy kind of a river. Um, it's only about maybe fifteen meters wide. You know, it's not it's not that wide. Um, you'd wade it at ease. You know, with body waders, you'd wade it probably in any any stretch of it. Really, there's a few deep holes here and there, but it's all it's all wadeable. Um, great dry fly river, um, great nymphing river. Um, it's it's just one of those all round rivers. But again, you know, it floods very easily. Um, it could flood overnight, but it goes down fast. That's the beauty of the function. All the other rivers could be flooded, but you could go there the next day after very heavy rain, and within five or six hours, you'll get fishing. It's 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 great that way. But again, we have other rivers. We got my local Abeg River, which flows through again enters the Blackwater in Castletown Roach, um, flows from Donroll, Butterfant. Um, comes from the Charleville side. It's kind of a, comes from a complete different area than the function would, but it's it's a limestone river, very clear river, um, a tough river, very tough. Like we always say, if you can catch trout in the Arbeg, you can catch them anywhere. And I grew up on the Arbeg, so maybe that helped me in my youth to try and be, you know, just tough fishing. You know, I just I, had to get. I, right. I always remember you saying that uh, about the old bag. Where, where are you? Where are you based now? Where's your, what's your? Where, where's your local place? Town? Yeah, I'm. I'm from a little village called Shanbelly Moor. No. Tiny little village between between Mallow and Mitchestown. Um. Yeah, the Abeg River would be maybe a mile from my house. 
Um, very overgrown. I love it because no one ever goes fishing there. It's very tough. But I mean, it's you wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not as big as the function, is it? It would be equal, about about the same, okay. about yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, it's a colder river. It's a very spring river. It's a spring river. Um, uh, yeah. It's it's and it gets full of ranunculus in the in in the in the in the summertime. You know, it gets very difficult. Um, whereas the the function, the black water, the bride river outside from I, they'd be they'd be cleaner rivers. You know, they'd be, you know, they'd be friendlier to the fishermen. You know, right. Um, and again, full of fish. Yeah. But you're you're about no. the all bag there. There's a lot of potential for leaving flies and bushes, is there? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yeah. You can see that. Well, we held the the monster master championships, the over fifties. I qualified for that last year. <laughs> I don't um, believe. Yeah, that. we held it on I the. Refuse, I refuse to believe you're fishing <laughs> the Masters Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, we held it on the Abig. It was. Uh, we we were we were honoured to hold it on the Abig River because it's it's not a it's not good enough river to hold major championships. So the Masters with smaller numbers, only eighteen people fished it. So we said we said we saw the opportunity for. For the Abig to hold, you know what? What is it? A major Irish you know, competition? There's a world in. There's a world Masters now. So, and we held the All Ireland on it in the interprovincials on it as well. Um, so it worked. It was fine. We held it kind of half on the Abig and half on the Blackwater, um, and we we got results. You know, there was an eighteen taken off the Abig, so and a sixteen. You know, so it it. There was numbers cut in three hours, you know, that wasn't so bad. And what about the Bride River as well, um, Dave? That's that's near you, is it? Yeah, we got two brides in two bride rivers in Cork. One we call one the Cork City Bride and one East Cork Bride. Um a, a great river, fantastic river. Um it flows Rakarmuk. If you're on the Cork Dublin Road, you'll go over out just outside Rakarmuk. Yeah. And it, it flows it flows into the tidal water down in Tallow. Um, so yeah, great, great river. Great gets few sea trout down in the lower end. Um, salmon run it again, but mostly on the lower end, the tidal section of it. But um, yeah, I think the Connor Club are on it as well, and they're going to run the Masters there this year. So we'll wait and see if it compares to the Arbig. <laughs> <laughs> but but of all the all the rivers around you there, Dave, you're saying the function is the one you'd start off with in you know February the fifteenth opening day, and was, is that where you'd head? Yeah, I would, and even on the fifteenth of February, I mean, dry flies will come into play. I mean, we, you know, there'll be hatches oh. of olives, and it could be snowing. <laughs> there will be a hatch. There's a couple of particular places that I will know that. Yeah, there'll be. There'll be a few olives hatching off, and yeah, trout will come up. You know, around two o'clock when it might warm up a little bit, um, but it will be mostly nymphing, mostly nymphing. Wow, yeah. but that's amazing! You're you're virtually sure that you'll see a couple of olives hatching on the fifteenth of February. Oh, you will, yeah, yeah. Oh God, I mean, I've gone, I've gone out Christmas week. You know, now and again, I might do a little bit of pike fishing, and I I know one or two places on the function that will hold a pike, yeah. and um, you will see trout rising. You know, you just do flats now, you know, what we call deeper, slower water. We call them flats. Um, you'll see the, the olives coming down there Christmas week. No problem. And fish coming in, trout rising, yeah. So you'd have no fear at all on the 15th of going at them or having your dries ready to have a go at them with the dries? Oh, I will. I will do it. Just, I mean, you won't catch as many as you will nipping, but I'll do it for traditional purposes, just to say I caught one on a, <laughs> on a dry fly in the opening day. <laughs> do you get many visiting anglers? Like, is the word out yet? It might be after this episode. This would be like Brian Hope and the Caramore. The, uh, <laughs> but like, do you, is it mainly locals in the know? And apart from a few Tipperary lads, maybe. The, the, well, believe it or not, it's a dying trade down here. The fishing is getting it's 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 not it's, it's not very popular anymore. Um, I mean, my local club, we got about seven anglers. And two, there might only be four of those active. It's it's very poor. Um, there's not a big big town clubs around here. They 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 just don't have them. They're just the the, the youth aren't there anymore. We're, I mean, the town of Fromai that doesn't hasn't produced 
one used to in, to 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 go to a Munster Championships or anything like that. They're just dying trade, dying trade, unfortunately. And we're trying, in fairness, now Munster Council, I think, are trying to put something together to get the youth going for the coming year. They're putting just a, um, a committee after being put together and they're going to make a big push. And I have every faith in them. There's a few good lads there and I'll help you out. I don't know what it is, um, but I think they're, they're going to make a big effort. Whatever about salmon fishing, you know what I mean, that you can understand maybe, you know, it's so hard to be mm-hmm. catching fish and getting the youth maybe into salmon fishing. But, you know, the numbers of trout and the, the function on these rivers hasn't declined, Dave. Sure it hasn't. Oh, God, no. I mean, the, 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 I think myself, you know, fishing, the trout fishing has improved. Don't really use the salmon are gone. Like we, you know, salmon fishing yeah. is is very bad. But the trout fishing, I don't know, maybe it's because... The anglers are definitely getting better too. I mean, the competition fishermen are catching a lot of fish, and I mean, catch and release is fantastic. I mean, catch and release now. I mean, everything is, you know, up to a point. There's catch and release down here now. There's no one. I don't know of anyone killing trout. You know, that's not the reason why all the trout are there either. But just trout numbers are high. I think they are. Maybe other fellows will disagree with me. But I mean, any day you go to a river and you can catch 40, 50 trout. You know, it might be big, but you you there's shoals have been front of you. What about the hatches of flies? Um I've heard lads on the shore complaining about saying the hatches of flies are not what they were. Oh yeah. The the shore really took a hit on hatches. It's, it's I mean the shore would probably be my favourite river to fish. The function would probably would be my favourite river because it's very close to me. And and it's it's always fishable, you know, as I said about the water ice. The shore can be a little bit it can be very high and very tricky to fish, but what a river, fantastic river. But you're right, the sedge hatches, the the, the mayfly hatch, the, um, they used to get a great alder hatch years ago. That seems to be gone now. Um, but the water temperature, I believe, is the cause of that too. I think there's mines on the river um, upstream of, of Cashel. I think there's some mines up there and there's creating... Um, cold water environment coming down the river. I'm not up to speed exactly, but I think the water temperature is, is after dropping a lot. So I'd say, but yeah, the fly life, we always have olives here on the function. They are big, the black water. Um, they'd be the main, and our sedge hatch seems to be poor um, or right. definitely dropping. Yeah, yeah. We had, you know, we started up evening fishing. The evening time, you go when the sedges are on. I mean, they'd be all over your clothes and all over your. Yeah. You get back to your car and you'd be after leaving the window open. Your they'd be in the car. They'd be everywhere. Yeah. But nah, yeah. nah, you wouldn't see it. Nah, your sedges have gone way back. Yeah, I do my salmon fishing, Dave, on um, the Blackwater. But I actually went down there for a trout fishing session once, and my God, I was blown away by the the trout fishing, the trout size of the trout we were catching, and just the numbers of trout. And you know it's amazing. You don't think of it, you know, because I was I'd always been like, yeah, it's yeah. black water is a salmon. It's a great, and it's it's kind of underappreciated the black water, isn't it for trout? Oh my god, yeah. Well, whereabouts were you? Do you mind me asking? Or you high up in it or down I low? I think it was Killa. Might have been Killa Oh, Killa Yeah, it's only six seven miles from me. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's Killa is great. There's great trout fishing Killa Yeah, great trout fishing. The, the black water traditionally again the fifteenth of February. You know, we'd always have competitions back in the day. We don't really have as many now, but it was a wet fly. It's a wet fly river. You know, you wouldn't be fishing too many dries at Harley ever, except, you know, a few, you know, there's always a few, but it's a, it's traditionally a wet fly river. It's the old style. Um, the way I was taught was on the wet flies, on the black water, um, which are big 11 foot, six, seven weight rod, and your four flies on, you know, black and black pinnels and black and silvers and green wheel spiders and, you know, spider patterns, any of those, you know, and, you know, we, we caught fish and plenty of them. Um, and there was great, there was great wet fly fishermen in the black water. Some of the best wet fly fishermen in the world came off the black water, just, you know. And I was lucky enough to kind of grow up with some of those older guys, you know, the Willis's and Malinow and, and, and John Hart, the Nelligans and from I, you know, they were, they were, they were great wet fly fishermen. And you know, as I said, I was lucky enough to, to wet fly fish, but you know, then I went on to nymphs and they kind of, you know, not they didn't all see eye to eye with the nymphing, but um, 
But in fairness, no, you know, every man for his own. Because Nims the love here after George McGrath, because that's what he calls them. But <laughs> I was li- I was listening to you chatting to George McGrath there the time you were on with them, and it's very mm-hmm. interesting because I love to hear the talk about the wet flies in the river and like how it was kind of left behind. But you quoted something, or you brought up some numbers from the Thomastown competition. So you were talking to George, I think it was twenty twenty something around then, and okay. it, it was. You brought up like the Thomastown competition, and bear in mind this is catch and release as well, guys. But there was about four thousand fish caught, and yeah, it was taken out by what you were talking to guys that you reckoned up on twelve to twelve hundred to fifteen hundred fish were caught on the wet flies. So almost as if there was a bit of yeah, a that was a, to it. there was it was just it was just the way the river went, um, and it because I love my wet fly fishing, and the Nor the, the Nor and Thomastown is a big wide river. And and when you're looking for eight inch fish, um, wet flies are fantastic. And of course, you know it's a two man team. So I was on wet flies, and I fished with Peter Driver. So if I find out where they are with the wet flies, Peter goes in behind me with the nymphs, and between the two of us, you know, we we can get a lot of fish. But you know, but you know, we were doing that in practice, and there's plenty of other good wet fly fishermen out there, Doctor Bill. But on the on that particular day, spiders, the trout just went. Bananas. Now, again, that day, believe it or not, it was an all-fish competition. Right. No matter what size they were, they were counters. Because okay. it was just, I think the river was very low and the oxygen levels were low. And we didn't want to put stress on the fish, bringing them in, getting them measured, releasing them. So we said the fairest way to do it, I think it was COVID as well. We didn't want to be coming into the controllers um, with the fish. So it was just a case of net the fish, look over your controller, and he'll pot it, and you put the fish back. So we didn't have to go in and out with fish, saved a lot of time. So there was, I mean, there was, I think Darius and Marius and these guys, they were getting 100 fish in three hours. That's phenomenal. 100, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's very interesting, it, that tactic you were doing, though, with uh, Peter. Again, like, you know, when you get two fellas that, you know, myself and Peter have been around the block, we know, you know, you know, we work well together and you get lots of good teams. I mean, there's some unbelievable teams that go to Thomastown and two good guys that know what they're doing, that they gel and, you know, they, they can catch a lot of fish, you know. Myself and Peter, I think, at 80 and we were only third or fourth with 80. Right. You still did well. You know, so, so you need a lot of... I just yeah. gonna say, I'm going to say something to you now and it's like you're back at school. Okay, <laughs> The wet fly okay. method. The wet fly method is just pure chuck and chance. Anybody could do it. Discuss. <laughs> no, can't agree with you. Can't agree with you, Tom. That, that, that's uh, that's that's like going up. That's like going up to the west of Ireland now with a couple of buzzers or a couple of dialbacks or whatever, and just chuck them in and sit back and relax yeah, and wait for the yeah. pool. <laughs> no, no. Wet fly fishing is it does doesn't have to wet fly fishing. Thank God the young fellas don't know it. It's it's the only thing I have up my sleeve now. And there's a lot of these young fellas nipping. They're brilliant nipples. <laughs> it's probably right. Uh, a lot of them wouldn't have wet fly fished, Dave, would they? I know international anglers. They can't they can't throw a fly. But as they can do is throw nips. These are good international anglers. And I've seen them abroad. I know one guy in Slovenia. He came over here to Ireland. On a, on a holiday, he was one of the top Slovenian fishermen, and I took him down to Killarney one day out in the boat, and all he could do was drop <laughs> drop nymphs out over the side of the boat. He could not cast. I mean, yeah, yeah. So this is what so, this is what you're dealing so you're with talking, sometimes. But you're, you're talking um, there. So do you still use yeah. an eleven foot rod and four flies when you're at it? Well, yeah, but like if I was would say if you know I keep I keep going back to competitions, but. I have a, you know, I use a 10 foot five weight because it can be an all round rod as well, you know, and a 10 foot fly weight, five weight is fine, you know, it is. But if I was going out, you know, and that will cover if I, you know, if the river gets high and I might put on a stream or something like that, it will cover, you know, a 10 foot five weight would be fine. And do you fish three or four all the time? Three, three. I wouldn't fish okay. four. Um, no, no, it, it's allowed. Um, it's allowed in Killarney. Uh, on the lake, on the boats, but mm. no, uh, uh, three would be my my one, my number one goal, yeah. And one question I genuinely know, because I did it years ago, I used to fish the rivers a little bit, but I haven't done it for ages. 
do you use a floater line or do you use an intermediate or a midge tape? What what's your favorite? Kelly I'm Green. Using a midge tape. I found it my favorite. Kelly Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kelly Green, yeah. It's it's like like we tend to do it mostly in the springtime. Um, whereas nowadays, you know, I remember when we were young, we, we were always brought up, you know, once May comes, that's it. The daytime fishing is finished. It's all evening fishing. You go fishing at seven o'clock in the evening till dark. And then maybe come September, you might get the, the daytime fishing back again. So um, so we were always using sinking lines. I mean, we didn't dry fly fish um, at all. I didn't learn how to dry fly fish until I met a good friend of mine, Shani Denny. He was a function man, but he was living on the, on the not far from the bride either, or sorry, the, the shore, which would be a world-renowned dry fly river. And did he introduce so, you to the brides? Yeah, I, I, I was like Shawnee was after winning lots of All Ireland championships and Munster championships, and I was on the river one night. I could see him in the distance. I said, "Jesus, I have to go over and ask this guy would he mind if I watch him." And I, so I, I, I got myself together and I went up. And I, you know, I was only about twenty-four or five. I wasn't doing much. I wasn't competition fishing at all. But I just got the gall up and I said I'd bite the bullet now and I went over and I asked him you know would, you, would, he, would he mind teaching me how to dry fly fish and we hit it off and we were best mates for 25 years and uh, we went everywhere together um, and I Shani was a fantastic fisherman you know he was a few years older than me but he was always wanting to learn you know when, when nymphing came around you know Shani was he, he was one of the guys that took to nymphing you know he was interested. He didn't care how you caught fish as long as you can catch fish. Mm. You know, yeah. you know. He just as long as there was a fish on the end of the ride. Tell me about the the wet fly um, setup then, um, Dave. For people that are kind of curious, maybe, and you know the kind of conditions they use. You were saying springtime is when you'd normally do it. Yeah, yeah. Springtime, fast streamy water, not so much. But the tail, the glides, flat water, and especially the flat water. If you get a wind, if you get a wind on on the flats. Um, it kind of drowns the natural fly life, and it can be prolific. Um, it just it just really gets the fish going. But even on you know the smaller rivers, the function, the Arbeg, the Bride, if you you need to get into the flats, the the the, the say the, the slower water, um, whereas the the fish aren't lying in the fast water in the springtime. They just don't into you know they move into the faster water as the temperatures heat up and stuff like that. So, but again, I'd have just my, probably my Kelly Green. I'd have my 10, 10 foot, uh, five weight, um, three flies, maybe five feet apart, four pound mono, probably four pound drenin or something like that. Um, you could even go five, but it doesn't, like, the, you don't have to go very light for some reason, they don't mind. You know, um, and plus you're going to be lots of trees as Tom said there earlier on, so you're you're going to need to have something with a bit of strength. Um, but yeah, you don't have to go down to these seven X's, you know, like you do when you're nymphing. There's no need. What flies, Dave? Yeah, greenwell spiders, um, partridges. I'm a partridge fan. Um, you know, like you know, anything small and black is good. Uh, huh? Snipe and purple. Snipe and purple, oh yeah, snipe and purple, yeah. When there's a hatch of iron blues, if you get a good iron blue hatch, you still get a reasonably good patch of iron blues. Function great river for the iron blues, parts of the shore, but a snipe and purple, yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Kind of lift the rod, lift the rod every every couple of seconds. Just give you know, just give the flies a little bit of life. Um, make them make them look as if they're, you know, just coming to the surface or dropping off or something like that, but. You know, you get you learn the telltale signs of where the, the fish are, and again, experience tells you where they are as well. You know, but you know, but mostly the tail of of heavy streams. That's where the the better trout will tend to lie. Um, yeah, and behind, like if you get an overhanging bush, that's an, a great place. You know, to always, you know, a, a bush that's hanging into the river, there's always going to be insects and terrestrials falling off. So always cast behind a bush that's hanging into the water. You know, it can be a, one of the better spots as well, yeah. 
is it a good for kind of maybe people starting out? You know, it's a good way to introduce them to trout fishing on rivers. You know, because once they can get a bit of line out, you know, they're they're there's not having to kind of manage the line too much compared to nymphing. You know, and it's obviously easier to to spot the uh, the take then. It is. It's actually very good uh, because you can just let it swing and let it hang down below you, and you know you're always going to get smaller fish. You know, even. You know, salmon powell hit it. If you're taking out a, a, a younger person that wants to just catch a fish, put on two little wet flies. Just if you only feed the line out of the line. Now, if they're standing in the water, you know, knee deep, just feed the line out. You know, you're you know, anything up to the month of May, you're going to get little fish that are you know that are recovering after the winter and they're they're starving. You know, you catch lots of small little fish. You'll get. That's the one thing about wet fly fishing. I, I'll have to bring this into is you will meet, without exaggeration, you'll meet seven trout to catch one. They, you'll get bangs and you'll get hits and you'll be doing a lot of cursing and why didn't he stay on and they'll fall off. But you will find them. But, you know, the rod will always be bending. You know, so, yeah, it's good for the young fellas. Yeah, it's a great way to get them going. No doubt. When you, when I was listening to you when you were talking to George, you said a very interesting thing. You said that you found that the wet fly is probably more successful in Ireland than it is abroad. Yeah, it, it is. Like you have you have wild trout in Ireland. Um, abroad, um, there's some countries abroad you can only you're only allowed to fish one fly. Like Slovenia would be one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah it's one of my favorite places to go. I go there a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it's a one fly country, so wet flies. One wet fly is it just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. Um, but, and there's most of the rivers out abroad on the main, you know, the continent would be stocked fish. Stocked, they're, they're heavily stocked. Whereas the Irish wild trout, they're natural feeders. You know, they're feeding on natural flies. So that's what we tend to tie up is natural flies and we fish natural flies. So that's probably why they work better than Ireland. No, don't get me wrong. I've had great, great fishing abroad on, on wet flies in Poland and the Seine. I remember... I was there one time with John Hart and he had, uh, he had two black panels on and it was French guys. They were just <laughs> couldn't unbelieve it. They were coming up. They wanted the black panels. Uh, we had a great laugh. They, they yeah. couldn't catch any and we were catching them with black panels. <laughs> just when you were talking about the Orbeg there and the, mm-hmm. the nature of the river, like when you think back of it, so like when you weren't nymphing and a lot of the stretches weren't conducive to wet fly fishing and you weren't dry fly fishing, a lot of the fish were safe in it then. Well, they were, but it was just back in the day, there was a lot more fellas. Like the river, the, the Arbeg now is very closed in, extremely yeah. closed in. It's like a tunnel. But back when I was, you know, I'm going back, unfortunately, I'm going back 40, 45 years ago, there was loads of fellas fishing. Every, every guy that went fishing would bring a slasher with him. He'd bring a saw or someone or a bill hook. Or right. he'd, he'd, <laughs> and everyone had their own place cut. Um, right. And we didn't even have body waders. We just had Wellingtons. We didn't even have tie waders. But there was plenty of fishing. Plus, the cattle back then could graze up to the banks and they could eat their way in, whereas now that's not allowed anymore. You know, just yeah. that to be said for the way things were done long ago. Yeah. Yeah, forget that. That was a huge difference there because there's, you know, there's boundaries now and boundary fences. Of course, that wasn't in it years ago. No, no. Whereas. Yeah, I mean, cattle were in the river. You no, know, it was fun to guess. You know, scientists will say they shouldn't be in there, but God, I, I have no problem with seeing cattle in the river. They don't, they don't seem to bother me. You know? But, yeah. you know, they always didn't. You know, the fishing was great back then, maybe. You know, people say, like, the, the Function River, as good as it is, it was probably, it was known as a very polluted river. It had a lot of pig farms and stuff like that back in the day when... Because I remember being as a little child, my dad coming back from a um, uh, taffy meeting and telling mm-hmm. me about the Funchen River, that there was this beautiful river. That was my first time ever been told about it. a beautiful river of beautiful fish, but it, it's getting polluted by a factory. I remember him telling yeah, me that. Yeah. And I think he mentioned Damon Elegant's name, that he must have been on the council as well with them and telling them that. So that was my first ever mention of it. And it was the first time I'd, yeah. like, w- pollution was, we didn't hear about it back. This is back in the 70s. And it was my yes. first, the first time I'd heard about pollution. It was the function and then consequently Lachina. But first mention I'd heard of it was that the river has been polluted in the function. So, but yeah. it's come back though. 
Oh, it's come back. Oh, yeah, but look, you know, nature is great. I mean, I've, you know, if a river gets polluted, you know, it, it looks very bad. There's, there could be thousands of fish killed, you know, but, you know, fish migrate around and they do, it recovers quick. That's the incredible thing about the trout, isn't it? The brown trout, how they can just survive and thrive in almost the whole yeah, conditions. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a hardy species. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they've they've gone through a lot. <laughs> Just go back to the wet fly, because uh, I'm absolutely fascinated. And I think, in fairness, do you think the, um, nymphing has taken over in the sense of fellas will just do that as their first resort kind of when they come to a river, that it's easier to do or they know they'll catch fish? What I'm saying is wet fly doesn't seem to be on the horizon for as many people, whereas maybe it should be. Well, the thing about the wet fly is back in the day when, you know, from when I learned to wet fly fish, you know, we kind of did everything with maybe a competition in mind. And the way we ran our competitions back then was you, you start at one bridge and you finish at another bridge. It could be three miles between the bridge. So you had, you were kind of running up and down the river with your wet flies, running to all the good spots. Now, and the thing about wet flies, you won't get a lot of fish in one place. Whereas nowadays with nymphing, you can literally stand in a stream without moving your feet and catch fish after fish after fish. That won't happen with a wet fly. You know, like wet fly, you have to be on the move. You have to take a cast, take a step. Salmon fly fishing is kind of the same. Take a cast, take a couple of steps, keep moving, keep covering the water. As nymphing, you know, you can you can stand behind a bridge for the whole day and catch fish. So I, I can see the attraction to nymphing. But again, you know, wet fly fishing, it's just, uh, it can be frustrating probably to younger guys getting tangles. You get a lot of tangles, you know, starting off. But, you know, it's, it goes, you know, it's just the joys. It's a slower, more relaxed type of fishing as well. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. It is. I mean, evening fishing is fine. Mm. You know, if you go down there around 7, 8 o'clock in the evening um, and a nice little rise comes on, and you're standing there, and it's a nice warm evening, and you can catch, you know, it's not all about catching fish either, as you said. You know, you can relax and do it. And, you know, it's a lovely, you know, it'd be a shame if the art of casting leaves us. You know, we would, you know, I know we're doing a lot of nymphing, but equal to that, dry dropper fishing is, is probably just as popular now, you know. And at least with the dry dropper fishing, there's an element of dry fly fishing casting. Whereas the nymphing is just like George McGraw would say, you're just lobbing it out there, and <laughs> look, there's more. There's more to it than that, you know. I'm, I'm sure George was taking the mick a little bit when he mentioned, but he's right. Um, it's it's you can, you can learn to nymph very easily, you know. If you get into, I mean, I could take a first timer to the function, a guy that never picked up a rod in his life, I could take him to the function, and I can promise you. I could have him catching 20, 25 fish in a couple of hours. You know, but it's just that type of river and the method is so good there. Well, it's gl- I'm glad to see the, the wet fly hasn't completely died off. <laughs> no, no, no. As I said, you're, you're, you're in the right nick of the woods for, 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 for the wet fly angler, all right. I think they, you know, I think up around Wicklow, all right, um, uh, and the Avonmore River, th- th- that mm. was always known as well for, for wet fly spider fishing, you know. I go to the D in Wales a lot, and that, that's you know they do a lot of spider fishing there. You know, it's 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 a great river for on the grayling for and brownies for spiders are you know you know they're second out there. You know, probably to the nymphing again, but but just more wet fly fishermen out there than you think. What's your favorite method of you know dry dropper, dries, wet fly, nymphing, or streamer fishing? Yeah, it's five five or so there. I'd have to say dry fly fishing. I just love dry fly fishing. I mean, you won't catch as near as many fish as you will. Probably, I, I tell you now, dry dropper fishing, I'm dry dropper fishing maybe 15 years, 20 years now. And it's, I, I, I fish with Sean Maher there now a lot. And you think that dry dropper fishing is is kind of like when you do it, you do it. But there's different levels of dry dropper fishing. You know, it's not as easy as just trying it up there you know you have to really figure out depths and and you know from 
anything from having your nymph literally six inches under your dry fly to, to, to six feet. You know, so you have to find that there's a lot to dry dropper fishing, and it's in, very intriguing. Um, but in that order, my number one would probably be I love dry fly fishing. Um, I love wet fly fishing, but it can be very frustrating for the amount of fish you meet to the, to the percentage what you land. It, it can be very frustrating, and you can get caught up in it. You can say, oh, it, I'll get, if I get the fly right, if I if I figure out why they're not, but you'll be better off maybe doing something else sometimes. And what I sorry, what I do like about wet fly fishing as well is you can cast to where you probably can't wade. You know, mm-hmm. if the water was too deep in front of you and there's trout rising in the far bank, you know, you can mm-hmm. you can put on a, you know, put out 60, 70 feet and cover them. But you you know, you're not going to cover them any other way. Well, David, it sounds like you've had the the best of both worlds or the best of all worlds with the function between you can start off with a wet fly and then you move on to the the summer, the yeah. dries and a bit of nymphing in between as well. That, of course, you've obviously done a lot of fishing. You've uh, inter- How many international caps? Oh, I've got a couple more coming up. Um, <laughs> I've been very lucky. I, I, I was lucky at the start. I started, like, as I said, my buddy, Shani, didn't he? He got me nymphy. He got me doing things. And I kind of met a few Irish teams back in the day when when no one else was doing things that I was doing. You know, I went abroad and I learned a, few, I learned a lot about nymphing and stuff like that. So I'd come back to Ireland and I was kind of making Irish teams by doing things that, you know, other fellas didn't know. So, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been around the world now, you know, all over the world more than once. Um, yeah, and for the coming year now, for my sins, I'm going to the Czech Republic um, in the World Masters in May, and I'm on the European Championship team in Poland in August, September. So I'm looking, I got a busy year ahead, and of course, I have to get two two recce trips as well. Better not talk too loud. My wife is listening, <laughs> but no, so that, that that keeps me busy. And I look, I love it. I, lo- I love traveling anyway. I'm a, I love traveling, I love going, seeing the world, and you know, to be able to fish while I'm out there is. You know, and I get a lot of international friends as well, and I like to meet up with them. We got some great friends, you know, all over the world, and it's nice to meet up. You know, and they come, they come to Ireland now and again as well. And you know, it's it's a great sport. You know, people don't realize how. I I think it was in Kentucky there a few years ago. They had classes for the elderly, and how to fish. I'm not sure how it fished up, but I remember Tom Anker Ted was telling me that, you know, they were getting pensioners down teaching them how to fish and it was brilliant you know it was great yeah. and you know I, I don't know it could be still happening I don't know but you know we're on about our youth but it was, it was great for the you know the, the pensioners to go down and they had their bit of fun in the bank of the river and they caught a couple and you know they probably didn't care as long as they were out yeah it's one of the few sports isn't it that you get to be out in these most beautiful places you oh know? my god yeah and yeah. uh, I, I think it's a, yeah. it's a remarkable, actually, David, you said, you know, you, you've fished all over the world, you've done competitions, you've internationals, you've seen some of the best places, you go on your trips, and yet when all is said and done, the function is still Yeah, special. I have to go back to, yeah. When my, my uncle, when I was only a little grasshopper, yeah, he used to take me down with the worm and, you know, with the, to sit down with the bamboo and, that was my how I learned it. That's why I first went to the function, and you know, then I I remember one day I bought some flies and um, stuck them on my spinning rod with a bubble and caught a fish and uh, just went fly fish mad. Then after that, but but everyone did it. You know, after school we all went fishing after school, yeah. but no, no, no one does that anymore. On opening day now, like one time you probably would have seen a lot of guys out out on them. Out on the river, will you bump into many guys now the next day? Not really, no. Um, I'd probably meet Tommy Lane the opening morning, you know, to get my fishing permit, my local club license off of him. Um, up in Marchestown, there could be a few guys up there, but we'll spread out. But we'll have a little chat, and you know, you but you won't tend to meet. As I say, I mean, everyone has their own little corner to go to, and you know, they all have their own favourite spots, and we all tend to let each other go to where they want to be. You know, Rock Mills now would be one of my favorite spots, and not many will go there. Not the opening day, anyway. You know, they won't. You know, there won't be six or seven guys out. That'll be all. 
especially if it falls on the Wednesday, the opening day, I think is a Tuesday. It's midweek anyway, I think so. It is, it's midweek um, this, week, this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there won't be too many out, no. And many t- just out of interest, Dave, how many times did you get out during the season? Like, would you be out every other day, kind of every... <laughs> yeah, I would know, yeah. Um, Come hail, rain I or shine, only- like... Yeah, I I keep a diary there. I am I I've I mean come I've I've looked. Yeah, I could get out every day, but I I'm a, the, the lads that tell you there now. I mean, I'd be little and often. You know, I I could go to the function. I could be here tying a fly or something like that. I say, yeah, I must try that one out. And you know, I'd be at the river. And the, you know, my rod is always together on the jeep, so it's just a case of trying the boats and go. You know, but two hours and I could be home again. But I could do that every day. You know, yeah. Unless I'm practicing for something big, I kind of stay out for the whole day. Yeah. You're not making anybody jealous with saying that now at all, Dave. <laughs> not at all. Nobody's listening. This is tight to know, Tom. I'd say, no, I'm, you know, I'd be still hanging behind you. I'd say, get out as often as I would somehow. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to discuss further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, come here, Dave. Before we go there, it's been great talking to you, but uh, we're going to ask you a question, and you haven't been forewarned on this one, I don't think, so you're going to have to think it on the spot. But we ask everybody who comes on the show what their most memorable fish has been on the fly. So what has been Dave Donovan's, Dave O'Donovan's most memorable fish on the fly? That story, that's uh, it's one of my fishing stories. Uh, actually, you told it to... to... George McGrath and the podcast with him. I, I got to tell you this one as well in case the other people haven't seen it. I was fishing a Munster Championships and um, on a, with a snipe and purple, I was catching lots of fish and I hooked a nice fish above. It wasn't a particularly big fish, it was, you know, maybe a three quarters of a pound, you know, for a nice river fish. And where I was fishing, I had to slide them. I was kind of up on a high bank and I had to slide them onto a ledge down underneath me. Every time I, I had maybe 10 fish caught at the time and I'd slide them onto the, the ledge beneath me and I jumped down onto the ledge then and, and uh, dispatched them back then. It was way back in the day. But um, I was just, just sliding this w- one particular fish onto the bank and my tail wet fly was still in the water and on comes a little salmon power and pulls the fly out of the main, my the, the good trout and the good trout got away, and it was a monster championships. And Tommy Lane beat me by one fish, and I'll <laughs> always remember, I'll always remember that 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 one trout. Yeah, getting away like that. But I've I'm not one for big trout. Like we don't have big trout down here. I know you might be in a rush, but we, I mean, believe it or not, my biggest trout on the black water, and black water holds big trout. You know, but they're very seldom caught. But my biggest trout in the black water is only a pound twelve ounces. You know, you know, for someone that's on the river a lot, my biggest on the Abeg would only be maybe a pound. I've caught don't ask me how many trout I've caught in the function. I mean, I, I couldn't put a number on it. Um my biggest trout on the function would probably be a pound and a quarter. You know, so the shore, I've had some good trout in the shore. I went out, oh yeah, that would be a good story. I went out to the shore one day and I, I cut two trout all day. Fishing was very bad. I cut two trout for the day. One was 312 and the other was 311. So right. I'll always remember those two <laughs> trout as well. Not so, bad. Yeah. Was that on yeah, rise? Yeah. No names. <laughs> <laughs> names. <laughs> names. <laughs> good man. No, I had to tell. Fish's tail gold bead. Where were you fishing, actually? What stretch was that? Dragon Slip. Oh. <laughs> That's one of my favourite spots. Dragon Slip, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Actually, do you know what? I only meet cork lads fishing that stretch for some. Yeah. You're going on about the tip, lads. <laughs> yeah, well, the shore, the shore lads, they, all, they know all the hot spots. So we're kind of left to the mediocre spots. So, we, you know, a place you can drive to and park easily and... Yeah, but it's it's just great fishing there. Yeah, Dragon Slip is it's well, yeah. I, I yeah, I like there. Yeah. It's it is what it's one of my local spots. I love going to it as well. Um, and it's funny yeah, actually. Last yeah. season, I remember I met a, a cork lad actually there, and he was shocked that he met somebody else. He's like, I've been fishing <laughs> here for the you know for the last three months, and I you're the first person I've come across. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, no, Dragon Slip would be yeah, it'd be popular with the cork lads, all right? And the t- and then some of the. 
we say not the local care lads, no, but they'd be, we say the, there's a few temporary lads that wouldn't be from care, if you know what I mean. They, they, they'd go there fairly often, yeah. Uh, some great fishing down there. Well, I tell you what, I'll have to make a visit down to the function now. <laughs> Repay the favour. You have my number now, just to be on uh, with you, or, you know, website fishing. Or if you want a bit of salmon fishing, I, can, I have a little, little, I have a piece of the black water up, up river of Mallow if you ever want to do oh, a bit of salmon fabulous. fishing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do you, actually, do you do much on that, that stretch there on the, on the black water for the salmon? Uh, not, not really. We were syndicate on it for three days of the week and, um, you know, I just kind of kept it for myself in my my old age, my retiring. Just yeah, it's 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 a nice system, you know, nice. It's a mile long and just some nice streams in it. Salmon fishing has gone back. It's a shame, but mm, yeah. you know, there's a few. You know, we had a few numbers off it last year, but it's 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 you know, you there's some good ones in May. If you can if you can get a bit of high water in May or June, you know, you can get some nice salmon up there. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny actually for me, like the shore is you know seven minutes down the road for me and you know if I want to get out for an hour or two and get a bend in the rod and you know have a fish on the other end you know it's, that's a brilliant thing about you know brown trout yeah. fishing on the shore that you can catch yeah. fish yeah. whereas the salmon for the black water you know actually I heard a st- an interesting stat actually somebody said that they reckon nowadays you have to go out to catch one salmon you have to be out fishing 30 times I'd believe it you I'd know? believe it yeah yeah it's gone very bad I mean wow. there was a time you, yeah yeah it's it's gone way back yeah, and but you know, then you you can be lucky then and get two or three in one day. You know, yeah. but you know that's when it's a run. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But that, it's it's unfortunate because I remember back in the day, you know, there was salmon everywhere. You know, you know, there, you know, did it was just ever, easy. Actually, did you ever did you ever get bitten by the bug and did you end up a couple of seasons going mad after? Them? Oh, way back. Um, yeah, when there was good runs, uh, I give up salmon fishing. Almost oh, be twenty five years ago, just because I kind of concentrated in competition trout fishing, and I just gave up salmon fishing. But the last, you know, I bought the stretch of the Blackwater about f- nearly four years ago now. So when there's a run, I go out. You know, if if the lads tell me there's a few salmon gone up, I put the rod up, I go up, and you know, I might, you know, I'm after getting a few, nothing major, but you know, um, I still, I'd still be up on that stretch. And I'd be salmon fishing. I'd see a trout rising, and I'd have to put the salmon rod away and go trout fishing. You know, so, so the trout comes first. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God I for the trip. Yeah, yeah. There's two against one here, Dara. Oh, <laughs> with tonight. No problem. Doff my cap to it. No problem. Dave Donovan, thanks a million for joining us. It's been brilliant chatting to you. You know or the resurgence of wet fly um, you know I'm definitely actually now going to start that now the, the couple of weeks that we're coming up to the start of the season um, you've whetted my appetite for it so uh, thanks a million for joining us and uh, tight lines for the season thank you Dara see you Tom God bless our thanks to Dave O'Donovan for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. And myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland.